everyone, uh, Dave here. I hope you're doing very well. Uh, now, I wasn't originally going to have a podcast this week, uh, as I've been busy finishing off issue one of Linda's Sandwich Shop fanzine, but uh, as I sit here uh, basking in the glory of a 1-0 win in Chesterfield's first home league game of the season, uh, I thought it would be good to have something uh, out this week. Um, so, a couple of days ago, before the Aldershot game, I had a catch-up uh, with Nathan from the Rob Ryan Red Wrexham podcast. Uh, it's good to have a chat with him about what it's been like to be a Wrexham fan over the last 10 years and then obviously the amazing things that have happened with them over the last couple of years with the Hollywood takeover, uh, the players that they've bought in and obviously how that affects their aspirations going forward for this season. Uh, we touched upon the game on Tuesday night. Obviously it's the first real head-to-head between two of the promotion favourites this season. So it'll be really interesting to see what, hap- what happens in that match. Two contrasting styles and formations, uh, some really intriguing head-to-heads all over the pitch, so promises to be uh, a really interesting encounter. Uh, as always, I'm at Spire Legends on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and Legends of the Spire on Facebook. Uh, but as it's Sunday afternoon, uh, how about heading into a preview of the Wrexham game as I chatted to Nathan from the Rob Ryan Red Wrexham podcast. So tell me what the last decade has been like as a Wrexham fan. Exhausting, to be honest. Uh, you know, the, the very existence of the club in doubt, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, just a decade ago, just over a decade ago now. And spoke to spoke to someone in that squad recently and they were talking about, you know, they didn't have their wages paid and we can still remember fans desperately trying to get money into the buckets and you contrast that now, it's like the complete opposite. Now we're flush with cash. You know, Hollywood's Hollywood Global Global Appeal, a documentary, you know, everyone hates us. <laughs> it really bizarre. It's a very bizarre leap. And a lot's gone on in that time. You think uh, lost multiple times to Luton in the playoffs, got 98 points, finished by Jamie Vardy's Fleetwood Town. Lost to Newport County in the final. In the, and that's the closest we've come. You know, we've had multiple managers since then. Yeah, Dean Saunders, Andy Morell, Kevin Wilkin, Gary Mills, Brian Hughes, who was a great player for us but didn't work out. Sam Ricketts, who left us for Shrewsbury. We were looking good there. Dean Keats again. Um, and now now Phil Parkinson. So yeah, it's never it's never boring. We've seen lots and lots of players. Uh but for once, as in the takeover last season and this one we're the big fish the biggest of fishes so it's a weird whale. place to be yeah we're, we're a whale yeah we're, we're basically the you know with with the caliber of play we've gone and got there's there's zero excuse now so it, it's a little bit odd still i think if you speak to Wrexham fans that have they've watched for years and years and years it's amazing but typically we've overperformed when there's been no expectation and when there's all the expectation, we we come a little bit short. So we'll see. I, I'm confident you've got to be just with the players we've got. But Tuesday night will be, you know, when we play Chesterfield, that'll be a really, I think that'll be a really good measuring stick, even so earlier in the season of just whereabouts the sides are. You know, they, they'll they'll develop as the season goes on. We started particularly slowly last year, mm. and you struggled by the end once Shamanga okay. goes out. So a lot can happen. But I think it's it's a massive game as last season's was when we went there, you know. Um, 
Is it yeah. is it frustrating, like some of the opinions of other clubs and and fan bases of how they kind of talk about you now? Like I know because like the um, like I know the documentary is uh, called like Underdog. It's like talk about it being the underdog, don't you? And you get yeah. of other fans going, oh, they're not the underdogs. They're paying Mullin like twelve grand a week and all this lot. And you kind of think, you know, where you were a whole bunch of years ago, you kind of think, oh, you're not quite getting the full picture i suppose is it is it ever frustrating? It, yeah it it, it it is slightly because and i i try and bite my tongue to not reply to these to some of the really ridiculous comments but you know to, to say to say it's like another salford or a forest green or you know wrexham have an amazing history to just say it's like this plastic club or whatever that's come out of nowhere that is basically only known for ryan and rob is just an absolute load of guff it's nonsense um you know, you can go back to 70s and 80s, Wrexham away at Roma, Porto, and Elect, and then the Cup Winners' Cup. So, you know, I, 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 I don't really get too bogged down. It's all part of the fun of it. We would be goading any other team who I, I just see it as a bit of jealousy. Everyone would love the exposure and the players and the interest. But also, you know, Wrexham have been in many years what maybe yourselves and others, Notts County, will be is, you know, the hunter. You've either that kind of second or third option that still has great players, good team, you'd be up there. And and Wrexham have just got to go every week, knowing that they'll be the biggest scalp for anyone. You know, everybody desperately wants to beat Wrexham, knock them off their perch. We've got to take the rough with us move. We've got to accept that as soon as we lose or draw, you know, people will be on to us. But it, it, we've got a group now who I think can handle the pressure, which would be some famous last words, but uh, I, I think they can. It's... It's interesting because with Chesterfield and Wrexham, there's probably some quite similar parallels, really, in terms mm. of like the last week dropped out of the league after having some really bad owners. And there was a time when we first went down when it looked like we might end up just going into the National League North. And then you start thinking about the existence of the club and stuff like that. And we've had a, a takeover in the same way you have, apart from probably slightly different types of takeover. And ours was like a charitable community trust, and yours was obviously from your new owners, but actually probably what they're wanting to achieve is the same kind of thing, really. You know, they are quite focused on community and, you know, the, the mm. sale, those type of things, don't they? So there's kind of similarities between the two clubs, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, I'd love an owner just to come in and just be like, you know what, uh, you know, they're never going to come in and just say, oh, uh, don't really care about the community or the fan base or anything like that. But you just want to see it, you follow through, like you seem to have... You know, both of us last season got a, a, an immense amount of stick for various things. You know, you could have a whole podcast on the the, the maybe misdemeanors of things people picked up on. On ultimately, people are so desperate to get out of the league that it, it's it's just a jealousy thing in terms of if you've got the best players. You know, between us, we've got the two best strikers in the division, really two best goal scorers, yeah. and and they were right up there in the golden boot and probably Shamanga. You know, I, I love Paul Moore and I think he's probably the best player in the division, but I think Shamanga would have probably ran away with it. The way it was going, you know, had he been fit. So, you know, the big thing for Wrexham was, you know, what, what what's he going to be? Is he going to be there Tuesday night? Are, are we going to see him? Is it going to be Shamanga v Mullin? You know, it, there's a lot of interest in that game because that game last season, particularly the away game, and it's interesting as well that I can't say too much, but a lot is made of the Chesterfield game in the documentary, the home game. So much is made of that match in one of the episodes. 
So any Chesterfield fans that dare to bother to watch it, they're, they're, that game is a big focus of, of it a little bit. So yeah, the away leg, the away leg. Just just to touch on that was the first half was I think the worst we'd seen us play at all all season. I think that was. It was yeah, the best you played in the pool. Yeah, so <laughs> the, best, the best you played and the worst we played. You know, I didn't think we really got a touch, a kick. Fans were were texting others at half time. I got a few texts and, and people saying this is this is going to be this will go badly for us because they've got us massively on the ropes. And then the second half was a complete one eighty on both sides. Really, we we completely turned it around, and that was a huge win for us. Really, that that kick started a really good run for us then. Yeah, I, I was at Centre Parks that, that week and I drove from Nottingham Centre Parks to, to come to that game <laughs> and then drove back to Centre Parks afterwards. I was going to say, I, I probably wish I'd have stayed at Centre Parks. <laughs> Having been there, it's a lovely little place. I think I'd yeah, rather have been there than... Uh... very dark driving back to through the middle of nowhere back to Centre I'm Park. sure. I've got to say, the, the, I remember you all singing the was it national anthem in the second half, I think, kind of yeah. made ground the ground, which was probably the most impressive thing I thought that any fan base did it. Chesterfield last year it was it was it was very impressive so uh I, I think it'll be a really good match on Tuesday night like you say it's a shame it's a shame Shamanga's not had more of a pre-season so that he's like going into a full 90 minutes and he's played a few uh scored a few goals and stuff like that but I'd imagine we might see him for half an hour so it'll be interesting seeing what they look play, players of that quality you give them 20 minutes half an hour against tiring legs and it's in, in big games like that, I sound like a manager, you know, in big games like that, it's tiring minds as well as tiring legs. I, I see that so often is that physically they look okay, but just mentally they look exhausted. So if, you, if you're at 70 minutes, it's nil-nil in a really big away game and you see Shamanga coming on the pit, it is the last thing you, you want to see. So I'm expecting a classic. I'm expecting a really good game. We've sold out of our allocation, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, a lot of people are clamoring has anyone got a spare it's one of those ticket tags anyone got a spare need a spare um you know coach travel that's all sold so you know be a really good atmosphere ball out to whittle and he flex it into the path of miller calvin miller now using his pace down that left hand side miller pulls across into the edge of the area it's a shanty on the ball a shanty shot well saved again by rob Lainton. Still a Santi, the ball stays in play. Miller with the cross back in again. Quigley's in there. It comes down now to Williams. The shot is blocked. Tom Whelan. Whelan's shot is blocked. Good defending here by Rexham. Obviously, the whole James Rowe thing happened. Whether we'll ever really find out the full story there, I don't know. But uh, that all happened. And then Paul Cook came back. And I'd like spoken to him on my podcast about two weeks before because he'd left Ipswich and I kind of just went on LinkedIn and kind of found, found an old profile of his and he rang me up. I'd be like, oh, heck, Paul Cook's rang me up. But, so it was a real surprise when he decided to come back. Um, but I suppose then we hark back to being in the League One playoffs with him kind of, what, seven, eight years ago, whenever it mm. was. Um, and kind of pre-seasons looked like that kind of team again, which is quite exciting. Uh, we've got Armando Dobra, who's uh, kind of Albanian under 21, who will kind of play behind the striker. He's been like magical. Um, so, so like I say, there'll be some interesting. Hey, look, we we've got the magical number 10, Mr. Elliot Lee. We've we've oh, got we've got the player that I is. Think that's the interesting battle on Tuesday night: it's Elliot Lee and Armando Dobra, because uh, they're both uh, both will do magical things with the ball, won't they? And uh, 
kind of pull defences around a bit. Yeah, I mean, I can't prove it because I haven't analysed his boots, but I'm pretty sure that Elliot Lee has super glue to his boots and the ball never leaves it. It seems to just, wherever he goes, the ball is glued to his foot. Like, he's yeah. so, so good. We've only seen him in that little brief cameo against Eastleigh. People don't seem to have high expectations of Eastleigh this season, so we can make of that what they will. But, you know, for a player that had barely played in pre-season, had a little, nothing serious, just a niggle here and niggle there, and you know what, that disrupts it then in games. Parkinson is definitely big on continuity have you played the amount of minutes he's not really the type to just throw somebody in he's, he's quite cautious in that respect but he is a fabulous little player and someone that has absolutely no business in the national league it, you know so to see him against Dobra, i think you know we we haven't seen a lot of your guys yet so it looks like to us it looks like it's quite a new team i don't know if, if it'll be many of the same players we're going to see um so for us it'll be really interesting to sort of see how you play and how we play and sort of where are you at? Are you our nearest challenger? A lot in the fan base seem to think Solihull are our biggest threat. Um, then yourselves and then Notts County, those kind of four teams. So, yeah. you know, I think I think anyone who can go and beat Wrexham, if you go and do it, you go and put in a performance to beat us. I think that's a real statement win um, if you can do that. So Tuesday night, whichever way it goes, I think it'll be a real statement which now means it'll probably end nil nil and, and now be very boring <laughs> who, who would be kind of your uh kind of players to look out for that are like not the obvious ones on Tuesday? i i mean that i think the the best player in the team for his position is aaron hayden defensively i think he's so good defensively and in the opposition box i think he's a you know, I, I, you don't want to get too involved in hyperbole, but he's he's easily a top half league one player defender. He's just so composed on the ball. And it, it said a lot that when he got injured at Weymouth and I was down at Weymouth, I was devastated when he got injured. You saw him go off. We ended up winning that game, but that was the knock on effect that really killed our season then. Obviously, other things happened, but it was no surprise to see us collapse defensively once he came out of that back three. Um, you, you, we just couldn't plug the gaps to the, to anywhere near the same quality. So, you know, Aaron Hayden, I think, is massive and he will be the one that will try to nullify your, your main attacking threat, whether that's Shamanga when he comes on, whether that's, um, you know, who, whoever else. I, I don't even know who, who it's going to be as your kind of main main front pairing or front front striker. So Aaron Hayden, I would say, is is one to watch. And it's really tricky because I think if he starts... Jacob Mendy Mendy at left wing back, I think, you know, you're seeing him for Boreham Wood. Thinks a fabulous, fabulous player. So it's a really good battle between him and Callum McFadzian. If it's McFadzian, I think that's a more probably defence-minded approach. If it's Mendy, I think we're going to go for it on the front foot. And the third one, I would say Jordan Davis. You know, 20 goals last season, I think one of the best midfielders in the league. And it says a lot that we signed Elliot Lee and people are saying, wow, when will... And would Jordan Davis get minutes? How can we? It's bonkers. Jordan Davis is a fabulous footballer, and you know he's one of them where he'll be in that group where if we don't do it this season, big bigger teams than us, but in higher leagues, should be coming in for him and will be coming in for him. I've no doubt. So, yeah, ones to watch for me outside the obvious Mullen and Palmer um, and Lee. I would say Aaron Hayden definitely. Jacob Mendy, Mendy, so good they named him twice, as we say. Uh, if he starts at left wing back and uh, Jordan Davis. 
But you probably want to know all our weaknesses rather than our strengths, as I'm I mean, telling you all our strengths. Mendy and Mendy versus King could be really interesting. Yeah, we've got Jeff King at uh, uh, kind of right. Fabulous back. player, fabulous yeah, so player. We're, Jeff we're more King. of like a flat back four now, so it'll be a right. four two three one. Uh, uh, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, King against Mendy. It's whether I suppose it's whether you go for the tactic of uh, trying to stop King getting forward, or, mm. or whether you kind of attack around the back of him because he might be a bit of a. I suppose it depends how optimistic. It's a, it's <laughs> a re- it's really interesting in terms of the clash of styles in that sense because we'll have three centre backs. If you just have that one striker up there, and then three in behind, it looks like you'll dominate our midfield. But we'll have so many centre backs there to, and Aaron Hayden as well is quite comfortable stepping out. Mm. As is Max Kluwer on the other side. So you've got Ben Toza anchoring it, but both of the left and right centre backs are quite comfortable coming out with the ball. So. Yeah, often teams seem to be trying to match up with us, you know, going for the kind of wing-backs three, just so they go, can go man for man. So if you do, I'm sure you will, you stick with your flat-back four, and it'd be really interesting to see that because not often, especially not, obviously, in recent weeks, in any team we've played in pre-season or anything, we haven't seen a contrast in style. So, yeah, the Jeff King one is really interesting because it's, yeah, do you respect him to the point where you play off him and just try to nullify the threat in behind or do you believe in your inability go for it get in behind and make him defend it's really really tough it's really really tough i suppose it'd be the same for both sides won't it do you try and exploit weaknesses or do you try and stop strengths Mm. (laughs) i mean the the big thing for us the big the big i'd say the big worry for us is you know new goalkeeper mark howard goal uh, player of the year not even goalkeeper the year player of the year at carlisle last season you know it was an error that he made against Eastleigh from crosses. He didn't look 100% assured. Now, you know, first game at the race course, trying to figure out, you know, there's an element for goalkeepers, isn't there? Just finding out their spots when they're trying to get balls out the air. Like, can they pick? People say that's a, a really ridiculous excuse, but I do I do believe that, you know, just getting comfortable in the surroundings. But he'll be under, you know, a lot of pressure behind him, Chesterfield fans behind him and... You know, what will he be like from crosses? Will you try and pepper him with crosses? It's, uh, yeah, really interesting. And on the flip side, you know, how will you deal with the long throw again? Bento's a long throw is going nowhere. It's, it'll, it'll be a real, I think it'll be quite nip and tuck. I think it'll be a real chess, chess-like game. I, I'd love it to, you know, be 4-3 or, you know, loads mm-hmm. of goals and, and, you know, crash, you know, rock, rock star football or whatever. But uh, what do they call it? Heavy metal football, Liverpool call it, don't they? Um, but uh, yeah, I think, but both managers are too switched on to go with, I don't know, Paul Cook's too savvy an operator and Phil Parkinson is way too savvy to go all guns blazing and, and get turned over. So I don't know, I don't know, I don't know whether you agree with that, but yeah, for us, the, the one little worry so far is keeper from crosses, you know, if, if he's put under pressure, can he stand up to it? Well, and our worry will be the same, I suppose. Keeper, because <laughs> our keeper, yeah, our keeper decided to uh, stamp on someone after. What, what happened there? On his well, debut. That, a lot of we can't get over that as a fan base. We've watched that about Rex and Vans. We've shared it around. It, it seems so unnecessary. You're winning at that point in the game, aren't you? Yeah, we're winning one nil. Uh, we've been absolutely all over them. Probably without that sending off, we'd probably go on to win that game four nil or something because we were yeah. all over them. Armando Dobra and. Uh, Quasi Asante is back scoring, and uh, you know, that it was great. Uh, Ollie Banks and Darren Aldica in midfield are all very technical 
passing midfield. So it was all looking beautiful. Uh, and then obviously Lucas Cobbelan has got a bit of history, certainly in the last season at Port Vale when he got a few red cards. Uh, so he has a bit of a fiery temper, but he's also a really good sweeper keeper in that he will start off really quick counter-attacks and our first goal came from a quick throw from him. So um, him getting sent off and then banned for three games, why he decided to just jump over someone and stamp on them was just bonkers because we don't have a goalkeeper on the bench. We don't have a goalkeeper apart from him. So um, Ollie Banks obviously ends up in net and obviously struggles from crosses. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. So I think we'll have the same thing on Tuesday in that it'll be new keeper. Uh, so when you've got kind of potentially Mullen and Shamanga playing, the one the one thing you want is a, <laughs> a solid a, sol- a solid keeper. Um, I, what I would say in fairness to Mark Howard is he's come with an amazing pedigree, you know, come through yeah. Arsenal's academy, player of the year at Carlisle, no no mean feat. It, you know, it can happen. Um, but you know that goalkeepers get scrutinised to within an inch of his life and two very different things here. What Your goalkeeper has had a moment of sheer madness. Absolutely. You, like you say, you win that game comfortably, I think, if yeah. you if you don't. Our one, I think it, it's an error in a game we've won. So it's really inconsequential. Um, but you just don't want to see it become a pattern because Rob Lainton is out for the long term and Christian Dibble also out for the long term. So, yeah, both of us with some keeper woos, I think. Mm-hmm. I've got with me Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, the new owners of Wrexham AFC. What was the connection between you and Wrexham Football Club? We had no direct connection. It was just a feeling. What me and my dad thought was because Wrexham's red, Deadpool's red. That's the real reason, sorry. (laughs) I think the biggest challenge is a community looking around going, what are these two guys doing here? Welcome to Wrexham. Only fools is that the gym? It will be the gym. Wow. Yes, these will work. The documentary's coming out soon, isn't it? Very uh, soon, yeah. The twenty fifth. Uh, the twenty fifth of August. Yeah, twenty fifth of August. So really very exciting, exciting, isn't it? To have to have something because obviously we were at Dorking last week. Who we also have their own documentary on on YouTube, which is really yeah. good. Bunch of amateurs. So you get kind of an insight into their club and things that are happening. Uh, obviously, the Wrexham one will probably be uh, another level up in terms of how polished it is, I suppose. Well, <laughs> and, I'll, say, but, I'll say the bunch of amateurs one is great, but, but it's, it is. it's slightly more polished than that, I would say. Just a little bit. The budget's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the right way to say it. Um, <laughs> so is everyone just... How, what's going to happen? You're going to get a massive premiere? Is everyone getting... That's that's the, that's the big question. I mean, the, the excitement is off the charts, as you can imagine. You know, there's, there's an... The people who've been filmed for it, kind of, you know, local fans that, have, that feature in it, I think they're having some sleepless nights wondering how they've been portrayed. Mm. Like I say, I, I've I've been lucky enough to see a little bit of it um, and I can't really say too much, but it, it's really, it's really good. It's a big focus on the community and, you know, Rex, Rex and will get lots of messages. We will as, as a podcast. We're going to get lots of messages of people saying, can't wait to see the final episode. Can't wait to see how it ends. You know, and, and that is what it is. We know how it ends. If you follow the National League, you know how it ends. But the journey to get in there, you know, seeing Rob and Ryan in their homes, watching the matches and, and seeing players, you know, some of the players, Mullin, Palmer and outside of the 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 pitch and outside the ground and, and them with their families. It's just stuff 
yeah more insight stuff that we can discuss and and mm. and really get a better insight for how these players work because i think you know football fans now it's it's just too extreme you either a player is either the best thing ever or they're you know awful and they need to be shipped out and never play for the club again there's any nuance to fandom has gone now so you know that is a shame and you speak to players and yeah, they're either God's gift one day and then they make a mistake and they're the worst player that's ever graced the football pitch. So, yeah, documentary-wise, are we going to get a big premiere in Wrexham? I mean, Wrexham hasn't seen many movie premieres in, in its time. Um, and I think the way it's working as well is it's not going to be all released at once. So, you know, Chesterfield fans waiting to see that episode with, with that home game. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be early September. So we're going to get two episodes then another week will be two more, and then I think it might be one, one, one. I don't know, don't know how it'll be. So, um, yeah, Disney being quite clever and getting those subscriptions in and stretching it out over over a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, as you can imagine, it's just people are just desperate to see it now. It's been ongoing for so long. You know, they've sort of been talking about buying the club since two, 2020, 20, uh, 2000, 2020, and since then it's been documentary, this documentary, documentary. So yeah, the the, the the atmosphere around the club right now is sky high. Documentaries coming out, you know, how could it possibly go wrong, as we said last season? And uh, here we are again. And I suppose they'll make another one this season, will they? Yeah, so filming started again um, this season. And I mean, in a way, it's it's worked out perfectly from the documentary side. If we go up this season, you know, you've had that bitter disappointment. Yeah of Grimsby and you go up. If you don't go up, are we going to get 10 seasons of the documentary? Well, this is our 15th attempt again at the National League. So I don't know if you can get a 15 year documentary. Um, but yeah, last season, I think people are over that now. That really stung for a long time. And I had to do a Twitter space straight after where I was just inconsolable. You know, I'm sure you saw the Grimsby game. I'm sure many saw it. Helter Skelter and, you know, Rob and Ryan both there to watch it. You know, Rob McElhenney has never seen us win a game in person. He's watched us at Maidenhead. We lost. Uh, he watched us at home to Torquay. We drew. And then he watched us at Wembley. We obviously lost to Bromley there. And he watched us at home to Grimsby and we lost. So, yeah, the the Rob McElhenney curse. Uh, <laughs> the curse of Rob McElhenney. Um, but, yeah, it's it's... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm really excited for Tuesday because I, I just want to see what you're like, really, because it's hard to know. We think we're the favourites and as we should be, we've spent so much money and we've built a squad that has no business being in the league. But as you know, it's it's not it's not that straightforward. And Well, and there's so many things that can happen, isn't there? As we know from last season, there were probably for six months of the season, we probably had about 12 fit players, of which, you know, half a dozen of them were centre-halves. So it was just the... Uh, the injuries last season was just absolutely horrendous. And then just yeah, as it, Paul Cook it, comes injuries. back and Shimanga does his dislocates his ankle and you just you just it was just horrendous. Just away away at Weymouth was box that? and just yeah. Yeah. I, I just mean, want to put right. last season in a box and just sink it in a river because it was just horrendous. So I mean for, you know obviously I'm I'm being picky now on your side. I mean you obviously made so many signings over the summer. So many. Um Anyone that anyone that particularly stands out, you know, Giassi, who you signed, mm, yeah. he was the he was the mastermind behind the player who nearly that that six five Dover game. He scored a hat trick, and we were five two down. And you know, obviously Bailey Clements uh, went viral with his with his yeah. big Tesco. I, I think that 
the best thing about that was that it was completely lost on everybody by Chesterfield fans who understood the reference to this big Tesco. Reference to big Tesco, yeah. Everyone else was like, what on earth is he doing being unveiled in a... I was so confused by that, but great, great value. I, the thing is now is that Paul Cook against... Paul Cook with Phil Parkinson, you know, how is that going to pan out? Who is going to have... Is anyone going to change? Are they both going to stick to their mm. beliefs? Anyone going to make an alteration? That's the fascinating thing for me. Because the atmosphere, I think, will be brilliant. We're going to have a packed away end again. Your lot will be right up for it. It's uh, it, it's it's got the hallmarks to being another classic. And it, as the season goes on, we've got, I think it's Notts County away on a Tuesday night. A lot of our big games are Tuesday nights. I think there's just something about being under the lights. Yeah, definitely. It just makes it so much more special. Just everything about it is just great. You know, you've had the build up all day talking about the game. You get there and just for 90 minutes, you're just hoping that it, it, it's going to be... And you know, Twitter will be an absolute cesspool, whatever happens. If we beat you, if you beat us, um, it, it's, all right, it'll be lively. I'll say that. <laughs> well, we've we've had an interesting pre-season. Some of the players that have really stood out for us, Brandon Horton at left-back, who we signed from Doncaster, he's been putting in... He's created so many goals in pre-season uh, and, and whizzes in so many fantastic crosses. So he's been fantastic. Obviously, I've mentioned Armando Dobra, who came from Ipswich, and then Giassi came here, who's looked pretty good, and Ollie Banks, who's back at the club for a second time. Mm. He came from Barrow, who sent him a field, I think something that Paul Cook really wanted to sort last year, because the players weren't that technical, technically gifted, maybe, under, under James Rowe. So it's really interesting. My, my hope for Tuesday night is just that the referee doesn't spoil it in some yeah. way, because we've had that many dodgy red cards and dodgy penalties and like Dorking's goal first goal on Saturday was horrendously offside uh, our second uh, Brandon Horton got sent off at the end of the match for time wasting of which uh, it was actually Lawrence Maguire who was time wasting so that's actually been overturned which is the first time I've ever known of uh, two yellows and, what, and it got awarded to Lawrence Maguire on no it's just no just the red card overturned and nothing else. right right so, so my hope on Tuesday is the referee doesn't spoil it either for yeah. either sides because I don't want us to beat you because of what might be a dodgy penalty. I you don't, don't mean that. Come on, you don't mean that. You don't, you don't believe what <laughs> you're saying there. You don't mean that. What are you on about? Give us the dodgy penalty. Give us the, give us more red card. The and all that. A long throw, you know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> I, I just want, I just want the game to live up to the billing, which is huge. It's a huge game. You know, I thought both games last season were brilliant. Home game, it could have been so different. If Rob Layton doesn't save that penalty, you go 2-0 up and, and it's a different different story. And, uh, and 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 then in the away game, I think Oli Palmer just made a massive difference. It looks like he's kind of bundled it in with his arm, but we don't care. It, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, it, it, I just thought last season there were two really brilliant games and people still talk about that Chesterfield atmosphere away second half last season. Like you say, national anthem packed in the away end. Obviously, we win, so that helps. And people say that, you know, that's one of my favourite. It's great to see some of the Newell fans say that's my best memory in the last sort of four or five years following Wrexham. That was my best trip, you know. Um, so whether we can get a repeat of that, who knows? And final question then for me. Is, I'm interested to know, are there any teams this year that you really want to beat for any specific reasons? Maybe some things that have happened last season or teams that you just... You just don't like. Maybe the fans are a bit obnoxious. Oh, um, stick out. Who would, oh, who would I really, really want to beat? That is a good question. Um, 
Yeah, because obviously last season it was the big thing with Stockport. That was the real big um, kind of rivalry, I guess. I I mean, a good friend of mine's an Oldham fan. I just really want to beat Oldham. You know what I mean? Because I think they're, they're, fan, they're already talking, some of their owners and stuff, about how the National League will be so straightforward. And, you know, we're in a league with people like Dorking. Like, come on, this will be... Beating them would be... I know we're, we're the big fish or whatever, the whale, but I, that would still be a massive reality check of how far. I'd love to beat them comfortably and say, wake up and realise what this league's all about. Like, you've realised it. South End has realised it. Scunthorpe, I'm sure, will realise it. This league is so hard to get out of. And Notts County, the longer you don't do it, the harder it becomes, the harder it seems to become. You know, Notts County losing Cal Roberts. Can they keep Ruben Rodriguez? You know, yourself, if it doesn't happen again, how do you keep Shamanga? If it doesn't happen for us, how do you keep Mullin, Palmer, Toza? You know, um, it becomes just increasingly harder. So, yeah, I, I would just love to to smash Oldham and just kind of hand them a reality check. And just because I know some Oldham fans, so it'd be great to rub it in. I'd, you know, obviously, I don't know too many fans of the other teams, so it's, there's no real glow element for me. I don't know. What about yourselves? Have you got anyone that you're desperate to beat? Chesterfield desperate to beat anyone? Well, I, th- I suppose in our league, there's a bit of a rivalry, I suppose, with Notts County just because of the yeah. locality and uh, and their, some of their fans. I mean, not all of their fans, because obviously every, every club has different segments of fans. Totally. Some of their fans are just chippering away all the time on things like Twitter and stuff like that. And you just you just want to... <laughs> just I, want I think to we're that team. I, John I think we're that team. I, I think we're... Yeah, exactly. I think we're that team that everyone wants to beat. You know, every single week... Uh, I think people will, because there'll be a massive meltdown on social media, not from our fans, but from everyone else. Every time Wrexham lose a game, and Wrexham will lose a game. There's no, I don't see us going invincible throughout the whole season. So, you know, Wrexham will lose games. There'll be ups, there'll be downs. You know, I remember last season we drew two all. We were two 0 down at South End. You know, I think, you know, I've, I've pinned Woking as a team that could do quite well this season. We lost there. I went there. We lost, and that was a big meltdown. We drew away at Borehamwood. That was a big meltdown. So anything other than a win for us seems to really trouble every other fan base, which is bizarre. Um, I wouldn't worry. It's all totally fine. We've got Elliot Lee, uh, as we know him, the white Pele. It's totally fine. Uh, best player ever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully when we do play Oldham, I think the first game is 1st of October. Yeah, that's the one. I, that's the one we've got circled that we'd love to beat. But this is a big one. Chesterfield yeah. away is a massive game for us. One of our sort of top three or four that everyone wants to get to in the fan base. So, yeah, ticket touts will be out in full force uh, on the streets of Wrexham before that one, I'm sure, trying to trying to get people on the buses. Well, well, I'd, I'd say best of luck on Tuesday night. Enjoy your trip. You don't mean, Tuesday yeah. I, ho- I, hope I will, you, I will. I hope you enjoy your trip down. I hope it's, like you say, I hope it's just a really entertaining, good advert for National League football. And obviously, we hope it goes our way on, on the night. But uh, like I say, it's very early, isn't it? You, you see from last season, we started off like a train. You started off like a turtle. And then we kind of swapped over, didn't we, as, as the season went on. If we'd have had our first half of the season, your second half of the season, then the, our, our cumulative team could have beaten Stockport quite easily. We, season, we so. wouldn't be having this podcast if that was the case. One of us would be up. So, um, But yeah, you know, I will say all the best on Tuesday because, like I say, I think it'll be a brilliant game fascinated to see what what you look like in terms of the 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 squad the players do i think we'll do it i do think we will i know no, i know i'm gonna go with a draw i'll go with the draw i think that'd be a good i think that'd be a good result for us i'll go one each that's my prediction um yeah one each so 
I, I think it'd be a belter. I think it'd be a brilliant atmosphere. And yeah, as, as Kevin Keegan would say, I would love it if we beat you. I'd love it. <laughs> Looking to make their first dangerous set piece of the game tonight for Chesterfield. Ball whipped in by King. Looks to go deep. Oh, and an early flick. Excellent piece of play there as Chesterfield celebrate 